Well, the timer has started. Officially? Yes. Wow, you're just jumping right in. We haven't used the timer in a while. Wow. Never. Look, we got a lot of ground to cover, gents. We do. We do. How's everybody doing? I guess that's the I think most. We should all be pretty recharged. Yeah, you know? I feel yeah. pretty recharged. Super recharged. We rich. all went on vacations. Recharged. Mm-hmm. Very well planned out. Yeah, exactly. Weeks of one another. <laughs> <laughs> so much to cover. I think that we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna just this is gonna be one big glob of it's gonna conversation. Gonna be like a it. And then we're gonna we're gonna chop it in half, okay. roughly like in the, the middle. You know, I like the idea of doing that. Like so, start, we'll start off recapping some movies we've seen recently, oh. and then we'll move on oh. to. Oh. To fall preview stuff, but just before that, what's been going on, fellers? Vacations? Wait, what are these people listening to right now? Are they listening really? Did, did, I don't know. What do you think? No, seriously. Do they what think, do think something just started playing on their? What do you think the average movie movie listener? How do you think when they start one up at this point? Do, do you think they have any idea like what format it's going to be, what topic it's going to be, <laughs> or do you think they like, you know? Because I, I have heard. Someone again. It's, Someone. Well, it's one person. <laughs> one person. Uh, Jason Conti. A person. The, our frequent critic uh, did has said you need to just say your name and the name of the podcast yeah. right at the beginning. Multiple times. Okay. Um, but I don't know. We seem to get away. And every time we have not listened to him. Have we not mentioned the name of the podcast yet? No. We have not. Let's not. <laughs> People know what they downloaded. We should just beep it out like uh, Kill Bill. She just says yeah, the whole name. time we we don't we don't mention. Yeah. <laughs> It will come up at some point. It will. And John Eventually. will beep it out. But this is Unnamed Podcast, episode 118. Uh-huh. 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 Probably part one of two. I think we're just going to go ahead and call it like a, a two-part episode. Holy cheat. What do you think of that? Holy cheat. It's cheap. exciting. That's, I like it. Yeah, me too. I like it. Me too. So what other than movies? Has anybody had any? I, I mean, I went to St. Thomas. It was very interesting. And you went by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Because... That's what single people do. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I, I only mentioned that because to me, that's really fascinating. Like yeah, the idea of was, taking a trip by yourself. It was really neat. It's really neat to travel that way because it's so much. To, I don't know. Like I, You really find out who a person is when you travel with them. Seriously. that is the, Including that, yourself? Yeah. <laughs> that defines relationships, man, sometimes. But um, I had a really good time. I, Wait, I, did you go by yourself? Yeah, I went by or myself. You did? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I would... The I person have... that you're referring to traveling with, is that like your imaginary friend? Yeah, or... no, it just... Through, I've learned through traveling. <laughs> Didn't want to tra- leave him traveling. or her back in Baltimore? I learned through traveling that everybody isn't travel ready. I got you. So, so, so you know who is. Yeah, I you, am. yourself. So just do I'm that. I'm game. I'm game. Yeah, and I had works. a really good time. That's good. It was beautiful. The, the oceans were blue. I saw a person that I hadn't seen in a, almost a decade. Rough reason. I'll summarize. He just got out of jail. <laughs> Innocent guy. He was blamed for something he didn't do. Blah, blah, blah. He's he just laying low in St. Thomas and you ran into him? Laying low in St. Thomas, yeah. Or he, did you know this person Well, he got out of jail him. and decided that he was going to go straight to St. Oh. Thomas. Did so, you know he was there or did you randomly run into him Oh, no. When he, 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 it, so the circumstances of him getting out were crazy because, like, he didn't do what he did. So, like, he got a – it took him a while to get legal, some legal help. Once he got some legal help, it kind of went crazy after that. Mm-hmm. He's just like – he would contact me like, hey, I think I'm going to – I think I'm gonna be free. Then, wow. hey, I think I'm gonna be free. And he's like, hey, I'm going to St. Thomas. And I was like, oh shit. So I, I have money. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't have a lot, but I had enough. So I was going to visit my friend. It's come up before that yeah. you have money. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> so I had to go visit him. I had to go visit him. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> you remember that, Steve? Didn't yeah. Ronald say, I've got money about something? <laughs> yeah. Was it about like a free ticket or something? I think it was. Oh, yeah. Was. That's yeah. what it was. You were letting us know that you could get us in free to something. And yes, I got, Ronald yeah. apparently it's took like offense, to, offense at that. Get, you know, man. Cause that, <laughs> so that's what happens at work. Like a lot of the times, like because of where I work, people say, Say weird stuff to me so it's different than like just i know you i know every i know mm-hmm. you know we're close so if you yeah. say hey help like that's different than somebody just being like hey man so the new speed forms came out you think you can get me a pair for free <laughs> right. i don't really know you very well right so that's that's i've been really super crazy about that lately speaking of those look really sweet could you <laughs> could you maybe get us a pair each so been really us? super hyper crazy sensitive about that about people who are i'm not really close you, to you sure. officially represent under armor in an official capacity on this podcast apparently correct? Is that the way they've sent you to us <laughs> actually as a representative of so when when money comes can, up I can get... we say they sponsor our podcast <laughs> no, no my god he would kill me he would rip my head off i feel like he would spike my head down on the what would he really do though let's be yeah. honest he he probably rough. He would say stop and we would yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, stop or that would be legal ramifications i can even but go he back even mentioned us out, once i can even go back and beep out the use of the company name so no one <laughs> yeah just beep it out just beep it out so they don't or sn- overdub every other word that we've said with under armor so that's I'll all we say i'm just gonna podcast. i'm just gonna beep out every proper noun in this episode <laughs> it'll make it really confusing when you start talking about movies and actors and stuff they don't sn- so don't snip my balls off but yeah, but, I, I thought it was a cool trip, man. Yeah. I just had a really good time. No, I like that idea of going and just kind of, because even when you're there with your significant other and it's and you're both of like mind, there are still those times where somebody wants to sleep in and the other person wants to go do a thing. Yeah. And it feels like, I mean, I can imagine, I always want to share those type of moments with someone, but I guess in some ways you might trade that with being able to just turn around and decide, oh, I'm stopping at this cafe. Yeah, it's And nice. that plan to go to the museum, well, it's in the toilet now it's because just... I want to hang out at this cafe for yeah. a little while or whatever. Like, yeah. I can see that being fun. I went on this weird tour. Okay, so every St. Thomas is very, is very mountainous. Mm-hmm. And I went on a tour bus with no barriers, really. And uh, it was one of the scariest most enjoyable experiences i've ever had half of my body came, went out of the bus at one point we hit this turn but it was gorgeous i posted a bunch of pictures up on like social networks but it was no no words can describe how beautiful it was man so if you if you're a, a close personal friend of ronald's you can see those pictures if not if not yeah. fuck off and by the Fucker. way you're ronald yeah and that makes me john something like that and over there is the other part, the other one. Yeah, <laughs> the, the third one. Oh man, the hateful Stefan, St- Stefan or Cal is what I go by. Okay, yeah. This is this has nothing to do with. Did you see the hateful eight teaser? Yes. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that? It's just hype. I mean, we're talking about uh, I mean, Quentin Tarantino. They haven't even announced that... some of the people that are going to be. It's all like hearsay at this point. Well, it's the movie that, just in case anyone listening doesn't know, it's the movie that the script leaked, and, and he was pissed, and he wasn't going to make it. Tarantino wasn't going to make it, uh, and then they did a reading of it with, I think, a lot of the actors that were supposedly going to be in it reading the parts, and I guess it turned out so well, or Tarantino had so much fun with it that he then announced he is going to make it, and then shortly after that, they threw out this, this teaser thing, which yeah, just feels like. Way, pr- way premature in terms of hyping this movie, but yeah, isn't it coming out next year though? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it says like 
uh, November 2015. That's so soon. Is it the writing? I mean, it seems to me like it's always the getting ready to write and announcing what the project is going to be that's like accounts for the length between his films because right. usually once you know what the script is and he's moving forward with it usually it is within a year i mean all those all those indie guys are like that like someone mm. like paul thomas anderson will drop off the map for a while but then when you hear that what, what movie they're doing it's usually like the next year is yeah, when it comes out you know yeah. um so i don't know i guess it is probably a 2015 release i can't wait you seem excited <laughs> Tarantino. That's, that's that's my guy sometimes when he's not being racist and Steve, we had, we both had, uh, right. <laughs> so that's like about maybe 10 to 13% of the time. Very small. Um, the, uh, I cringe every time I even think of his character's dialogue in Pulp Fiction. His uh, line, yeah. the stuff about, yeah, yeah, well, ugh, yeah so poor, yeah, yeah, craziness. Um, so, but Steve and I, we had basic sort of beach vacation oriented ones. Beaching right? it up. Yeah. yeah. You know, the huge. Yeah. Hit the up huge. the beach for a week. I come home, John leaves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I mean. Probably not as magical as St. Thomas, but you know it's, you can't beat beaches, man. We went to the we went to Myrtle Beach and uh, with my family. It's clean, fun. Is that where you go? Weather. Yeah, every year we go to Myrtle right around Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Like uh, get a house and block away from the beach and just. See this that. year though, we had a golf cart. That oh came wow! Out of the rental house, which took it to the next level for me. That does take it to that the just next level. My life, you know, like being able to drive around the whole town in a golf cart. <laughs> the rental house that we stayed in awesome. um, at That's the Outer so Banks. We we go to the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and we actually ha- rent a, a house on the Sound side, so yeah. we're not on the beach. But right. it's like the view. It's like you could see the sunset if you're on the Sound side. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. your sunrise, if you're on the beach, and it's also it's looking over like marshland, and it's really nice. I mean, it's real pretty. But we the house we were staying in had in the other side of the garage that was locked, like the owner's side. There was a golf cart, but it was locked up in there. And every time I looked at it, and then I would occasionally see other people in this like subdivision (laughs) that, you know, similar houses being rented where they did have access to the golf carts and they were just zipping around. You could see guys like (laughs) drinking beer out of a koozie, like swerving around in a golf cart. Uh, not that I endorse that kind of behavior. Yeah, like I wonder as I'm driving around the streets, like everybody in this area that we stay in has golf carts for, you know, just travel around Mm -hmm. the the, the in town area. It's like I just feel like there's no like precaution, there's no yeah. restrictions. Like there's separate parking areas for golf really? carts at the beach. That's yeah, I mean you know, people incredible. have like they got how beer often is golf. there like a multi cart pileup? You know, <laughs> be the slowest accident of all time. <laughs> yeah, right. you even fly through the air in slow motion. <laughs> That's so cool. I, yeah. th- what about gas? Like just this... electric. Electric. Holy shit! <laughs> Get back, plug it in. Ready to go. That changes the game. And those little things are fast. Really? Oh, man. We were flying around. (laughs) It was so much fun. That was so fun. God, I love those things. Yeah. I didn't know those were electric. Well, there's some that I think run on gas. Yeah, yeah. You can can hear some of them that are like gas powered or some sort of 50-50 mix. Next year, let's all go on vacation together, but make it three weeks long. There we go. Yeah. That's that, way, that way we can still there miss a month of episodes. Let's something. just <laughs> cram in like 15 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we're all refreshed. Yeah, well, now oh, that yeah. we're back. Absolutely. I feel like I've seen a lot of movies in just the last few days knowing we were going to do this, but I, I think you guys were seeing things a little bit more spread out. What mm. Have you seen a bunch of things, Steve, since last week? Um, I mean, yeah. I've seen a bunch of random things. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I agree, though. In the past like week or two, I've really kind of seen more of what Mm-hmm. I've had like I've had a bunch of stuff queued up that I've just been trying to find time to watch, which yeah, me too. is not happening. It, it, this past few months have been insane, um, especially the past weeks. I've been going to the 
Orioles games. Go O's. Go O's. <laughs> for the one person listening that's not from Baltimore. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, people, you know, everyone's everyone's loving the O's right now. Hell yeah. It makes people feel good because of all the bullshit with the Ravens going on that it's yeah. nice to be able to focus yeah. on something What I'm trying to say wholesome. is I got to probably watch a lot of movies in the past five days, but yeah. instead I was going to the ball games. Yeah. I don't regret I need it to go all. to some games. Let's go. Yes. But back to the movies. Um <laughs> You don't yeah, want to do. You don't want to do the first episode of Sports Schmortz. Sports Schmortz. <laughs> it would be. I like baseball. Sports must like, board. I don't know. Sports must board. I'll tell you for that one. I will be the. You guys will get plenty of air yeah. because I don't have anything to say about about Sports Schmortz. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've seen I've seen a couple of random things. I was fortunate to see uh, one of the cooler movies I saw recently was uh, The Drop. The uh, Tom Hanks Tom, movie? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy? And, I thought uh, it was Tom Hanks for some nah, reason. James Gandolfini's last film. Oh, my just God. Just came out last week in theaters. Um, the, one he, the one he did with Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Everything we, we say we see, you should just be like, is that the I one with Tom it. Hanks? Eventually, the answer will be yes. <laughs> Bronson. Was that yeah. the one that Tom yeah, Hanks did? Yeah, yeah. He got Tom, so built for he that. He got jacked. Yeah, I know. Was Tom Hanks Bane? <laughs> yeah. I think he was, bro. But I really like that film. I mean, I know it was adapted by like a Dennis Lehane novel, so it had. Was like, it from a novel or was or, it an original source? Script? I, I don't know. I just I just know it had his name on it. I don't know if it was from original source material or not, but it had that like kind of gritty, like in town, you know, small time like crime, you know, that like the town and things yeah. like that, which I love. Um, but but I, I I was like thinking I'd like this movie, but I really liked this movie. Did you go? Uh, did you go to a screening? Yeah, you? we had a, yeah went to a screening for it, and. Uh, you know, I think like James Gandolfini could have overdone it a little bit in this film, but it was good to see him kind of go out like if this was his last piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. It's like a way that people can relate with because it is very small level, like Tony Soprano ish in the terms of how he carries himself. But he's a different character, and you see that like through the film, like where he where his cracks are more so than you ever saw in in Tony Soprano. But um, I don't know, Tom Hardy's in it. I thought he was great. He kind of mm-hmm. just um. I feel like he kind of plays down the whole film for like this this moment in the end that is uh, totally worth it. It's a slow burn. It's all about. Why did atmosphere. I get like a killing killing them softly kind of vibe Dude, that's from it? So on. That, I mean, just that, from the what, that, not that, just because James Gandolfini's in it, but it felt like one of those. It is like it, it absolutely is. I, I I actually, I mean, it's a superior film for sure in my opinion. I, I and I like killing them softly, mm-hmm. but um, it, it is like that. Like it's a slow build. It's mm-hmm. very very atmospheric. It looks great. Uh, Numi Rapace. Is that how you pronounce her name? Numi Rapace? Yeah, let's pronounce she, it that way this time. She, <laughs> we'll she, do it a different uh, way next she time. She plays, like I guess, the, the, the female lead love interest that uh, is kind of the crux of where everything goes wrong. Naomi Rapace. Naomi Rapace. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. That, that was the one I probably was looking forward to seeing. At yeah. the, that's the only one I really saw in theaters recently mm-hmm. was, uh, was that. And I, I mean, I was really surprised. It's gotten a lot of love critically. People have seen to really enjoy it. Um, and I just realized, like, including this and Locke, I just really want to see more from Tom Hardy. I want to see him in more movies. Like, I, I, I've always liked him. I liked him in Bronson. You know, I, I enjoyed The Dark Knight Rises and, and Bane and that whole the character. The Mad Max trailer. The yeah. Mad Max trailer is great. Whew. I mean, I can't wait to see that. I cannot wait, man. He just he seems to be a lot bigger in terms of a star than, than I feel like I initially thought he was. Right. Um, not that this is a star-making t- turn in this film. Um but it's kind of it's like very subdued, you know what I mean? Like I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like he seems like he'd be a big character in in a movie like this, especially when you kind of read about it being like the crime. And he and, and if you've seen the trailers, he kind of he, he 
he kind of surprised me in, in what I, what that character ends up being in this film. Right. I was thinking more of like, you know, more aggressive because he, he just that presence. He has a presence like that. But it's a kind of like a softer character. You know, he kind of plays more of like a straight guy, mm-hmm. nice guy, like the whole mm. movie. Um, but I don't know. I really liked it a lot. I mean, it was it's one of the better films I've seen, you know. Since I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. <laughs> I almost feel like a, a a mainstream sellout for liking that movie so much. But I guess that's just a sign of when a movie's that crowd pleasing that it's easy to fall into that crowd. You know what Absolutely, I mean? Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and I know before we started recording, you guys were talking about Fed Up, which I haven't seen, but I've heard a lot of people talking about it recently. And I did see that it's on Google Play for three ninety nine. So I'm, I'm very curious about it. But what what did what was your takeaway from Fed Up? I know that the uh, the general consensus is people are going, oh my God, I can't believe I eat all that stuff that they talk about in that yeah, movie. Talk a little bit about that. What, what is exactly is the the sort of encapsulation or the what are the parameters of what that movie kind of uh, attempts to Basically to do? the the veil that's been put over our heads by the food industry. Just, just the idea that like things have been presented as if you're eating healthier than you really are. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of hidden things that you don't think about in terms of consumption. It's 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 rough because there's there are people on in this documentary that we can all relate to the idea that you have these you 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 hit these meals you have these things you're like man I'm I'm eating well mm-hmm. I'm doing these things and I'm still not losing any weight but the fact of the matter is uh, a lot of the foods that we think are healthy aren't as healthy as we think especially like things that are labeled reduced fat or fat free or Just diet the whole diet, idea of a yeah, diet yeah diet yeah. and and basically the idea that fat has been replaced with sugar and that sugar processed sugar is the same as putting fat in your body mm-hmm. essentially and and hearing that 15 different ways and seeing it 15 different ways makes yeah. me realize how I was deceived like we've all been deceived on some level just kind of getting these things that we think are healthy and not really oh, oh okay so the idea is like if you have a, a piece of fruit that's like 80 calories right and then you have a drink that's 80 calories that that drink because it's not like a natural product your body can't process it the same way so it will automatically turn it into fat mm-hmm. as opposed to like fruit which has fiber in it which can it's like a, a duality thing like you have the fiber and the sugar the fiber can help fight the the sugar and essentially get rid of it a, mm. a little better but if you have something like juice even juice with no fiber that made me feel crazy that made me feel bonkers because i love juice just the idea that like you're not eating fruit so fruit doesn't have the you know like fruit juice doesn't have the fiber in it to fight the sugar to burn it off Makes me feel like I'm just drinking ridiculous things now. But it, it's one of those things where you have to see it. You have yeah. to know that these things are... When I first saw the title, Fed Up, I thought it said Effed Up. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I wondered too, if that was too. intentional. I wondered if that was, you know, but... Yeah. Um, what was your take on this, Well, well the poster is kind of fun because it has an F-U. Okay. So I think that's totally intentional. Maybe, yeah, maybe... <laughs> I don't know. I, I agree with Ron. I mean, like, I, I watched it. I actually ended up watching it twice with a... <laughs> you watched with, it twice. With, with my fiancé and it with my buddy. And because it's like, you got to... It's, it's what you just said. You got to watch this. And I will gladly watch yeah, it yeah. with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll watch it again. It's just, um, I think what's so scary to me, and probably you can relate because, you know, we're of the same generation. It's like, 
it the film frames it all around changes that happened when we were born. Oh yeah. You know, it all it seems like, you know, a lot of things starting in the eighties. Right. Um, you know, with changes in the way that food was processed, the way food was delivered, the way school lunches are offered. Mm-hmm. Um it's just absurd. I mean, it really truly is absurd, you know, to think about when we were maybe five, ten, eleven years old, you know, instead of fixing issues with food that was being offered at a mandate by the government, you know, food and beverage industry instead decides, you know, we're going to instead offer another variety of that food. You know, instead of just re-engineering the food or redoing the recipe or whatever, they add like the low fat or the diet ones. You know, you know, like Ronald was saying, like they present it in a way that shows you like, okay, so it's got zero grams of fat. But if you look at the sugar, the sugar is the same, if not higher. And if it's not higher, it has artificial sugars in it that are in some ways worse than natural sugars. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a nutritionist. I mean, I'm somebody that struggles with weight my whole life. And it's exactly what he was saying. It's like you you think you have that mentality of like, oh, I'm counting my calories. I'm working out more. So that's, as long as the, the latter goes in my favor, I'm going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And they basically say it's not that. I mean, the scientists and the nutritionists that they have in this film really kind of focus on, you know, while that is not a bad starting point the real root of the problem with the world today or with the united states today well no actually it goes worldwide um is just what's in the food i mean it's really truly is just what's in the food i mean there's a there's an infographic that comes up that i just blew my mind it's like like 1980 there were zero cases of what is now called like type 2 diabetes yeah which at then they you know eventually through the 80s they started calling it like early onset yeah adult diabetes in children and like as of 2013 it's like 58,000 cases or 57,000 cases yeah. which is mind blowing yeah. kids with diabetes I mean, man in i don't know man it's, it's just really frustrating because like and then they challenge you you know like this is what you need to do you know and it's like how do you how do you truly do that like how do you truly like go on um what do you call it? like a, a a cleanse or something like that you know when everything that you really access is 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 processed in some way yeah. right i mean like if you can't grow it if you can't harvest it if you can't do that your own in most cases you know you're buying something that's processed but yeah yeah bringing home things in bags and boxes instead of ex- bringing home yeah. ingredients exactly you know? that's yeah. which that's, is where i i always sort of shied away from the whole diet i mean not to say that it would be like i would be having like the healthiest diet but i would use rather than whatever the low fat thing was it's like well use butter but just you know how much butter you're putting into the food you're cooking yeah. it's like use yeah. have a little mayo on your sandwich but know how much you're putting on rather than getting like light or fat free because i always think you don't know what chemicals they used to get the taste to get back. it to be yeah. that fat free and to taste sort of like what it's supposed yeah. to be they i mean to me that, that tastes really bad like that chemical taste of something that's designed to yeah. Yeah. imitate something yeah. i will just rather have it's more of a special occasion to get the treat, but it's the lower fat version. I mean, I have a problem with what's in the house. If something's around, I'll snack on it. That's they talk about that. Yeah. That, that they, that's also one of the big things that really kind of. I'm not gonna lie, it scares the shit out of me. Is that like how addictive sugar is? Yeah. And I think about it since seeing this film, and I even realize how many times have you like been about to go to bed and you're watching a movie or something, and you're like, you know what, I'm not gonna eat anything, and then you're like, ah, oh, what the hell? And you, exactly. you know you shouldn't, yeah. and exactly. you know you're just, you know, it's just gonna exactly. be junk that you can't, your body can't process. I would it's, say the other thing is having stuff around for kids. It becomes a trap because you were, I think you mentioned this before that you've been around people and you've seen how much sugar is oh, getting yeah. into their kids. It's like you buy stuff that kids will eat, and up to a point, it's like, well, if they're eating, that's good. And it's, but it's funny that you don't, you end up going down this path where 
like what the kid thinks the kid might think something is healthy that's actually kind of a treat yep. and then if you end up having that stuff around well then i'm having a packet of gummies sure i would have never had a packet of gummies for a million years if yeah. they weren't like little packets of buzz Lightyear gummies in the cookie jar upstairs you know yeah. so it's like it it makes you realize wait a minute like why is it okay to put this crap in our in our kids' bodies? Yeah, you know, and right? I guess it would be okay just if, because they'll eat it. If everything wasn't packed full of sugar, it would be okay if those things were those things, right? Mm-hmm. So the, then, also one thing that I, we talked about at work based on this conversation is the idea that like that. Wait, wait, you've been talking about movies behind our backs. Yeah, the idea that that diet that the the diet that they have on the back of the packages is like a highly active person right this is like this is ideal Three thousand calories yeah. Too. yeah highly active person that's like exercising for an hour and a half mm-hmm. a day intense workouts that like you know what i mean like that's that's rough the it's, other thing it, is the serving size often when you look you'll realize oh, yeah. that what most people eat is is like what they're giving you is what they legally can say is contained in a serving, but then a serving will be like three crackers or whatever. Yeah, and, <laughs> whatever. That, and that the that government basically bargained to not have sugar put on. Yeah, as a yeah cunt. it's the only thing that doesn't have a percentage of daily value. Oh, <sighs> dude, seriously, like this talking about this movie makes me so mad. Yeah, because of that. But I, like I was getting at before, like I realized since seeing this film, like how addicted I am to sugar. Same. Like going to work Same. knowing that I want to grab like an ice something, an ice latte or a, a soda or a diet soda. I've moved to diet. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's that's good for me. And I'm just like, uh, yeah. not so much. I mean, they, they have this one thing in the movie like where they're talking about these lab rats that or mice or whatever that they were they had addicted to cocaine. And they basically started presenting these these mice with the option to drink sugar water. Mm-hmm. And even though they were addicted to cocaine, 40 of 43 mice like moved over to the sugar water. Which just blows my mind because yeah. I think about it. And I'm like, you know what? I do kind of want to diet Mountain Dew right now. Yeah. It's not Those even other real three sugar. mice know how to party. Yeah. <laughs> sugar is five times <laughs> they're, more they're, addictive. They're old school. Five times more addictive than cocaine. So how do you balance how it? Is that? I, how's it? I mean, that's really, it's very How possible. do you win? But, but how do you that's, balance, how do you win? But, but how do you balance it with yeah, the idea you? that you're supposed to... Here's my thing. I still feel like you're supposed to have pleasures and you're supposed to whatever you're supposed to get have a treat i know. agree like I I'm, agree. I'm still in the yummy phase i agree you know as far as i don't, that I don't goes. disagree with you but i think you have to be educated about what you're doing and i think it's like the amount of planning it takes because i've just recently we've just recently been talking about like you know hitting the farmer's market more often and having yeah. a plan it's like i want to have five or six vegetarian dishes that i can make that are as good as you know grilling burgers or making yeah. chicken parmesan sure. or whatever and that takes finding it and knowing what ingredients to use because of what a lot of people do is just throw a bunch of the same crap together in a stir fry and it's like that to me is dispiriting like the second or third night i would be eating like stir fried squash or something i'd be like there's got to be more to life than yeah. this you know yeah. i'll die of a heart attack but i mean like uh, a movie that we all maybe saw i believe chef did we yeah. all see chef sure that, that that's the opposite of, of fed up maybe in the sense that it makes you really hanker for some super fattening uh, yeah, super like massive. grilled cheeses and cuban sandwiches and stuff but i, I there's got to be some kind of way to balance it where you get to eat the stuff that's good but you actually you actually don't that's not like an everyday thing i guess i yeah. mean i don't know well it there's a there's a there's a huge fact that i think that we all need to face as people the things that we indulge in maybe a little more often than we should were supposed to be back in the day treats mm-hmm. that 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 outing to the restaurant used to be a once a week thing or a once a month once thing, a month thing know? once every two weeks thing when mm-hmm. when when dad oh, once or mom, every three weeks thing, yeah for when, instance. when dad or mom got paid oh god let's go to this place to eat but we're making this a regular thing and mm-hmm. and to ignore that 
is to ignore the problem yeah. and that's i mean i'm i'm Definitely. guilty of it it's just I'll, like not it's just like ignoring portion sizes too like yeah. i remember even being a kid going to a restaurant and getting like a nice looking portion and now it's almost like the they're trying to show you how much like the war is how how big the portions can be yeah. totally especially diners oh my god i went to a diner the other day and uh my friend got hash hash browns hash browns were half of her plate Covering everything else up, they were buttery as fuck. And then they had like her, the rest of her stuff, and she ate all of it. We ate all of it. You know what I mean? Like it's Henry calls them hush browns, by the way, which is one. He's held on. That. He's held on to like only a couple like little kid wrong word <laughs> hush things. Browns. I hush love browns. Hush browns is one of those that I haven't corrected yet because I, like I know when I, once I do, he'll never. I have a feeling he's never going to stop calling yeah. them that. Or which in his I mind, love in his that. mind, yeah, he might. He stopped saying crocodile. That really made me sad. But he had to know there was a difference between a crocodile and a alligator. But anyway, so yeah, it's just you gotta, you gotta. What you said, you gotta take your back to this idea that yeah. every night when you go home to eat, you're not supposed to have like a thrill. Yeah, you know what I mean. Some nights you're just supposed to you like. You can have good stuff, but like, man, I. And maybe you develop a taste for milder. I find that that's the thing too. Is that like appreciating like more nuanced flavors especially yeah, with vegetables absolutely. if you're trying to do that right because like, you can't just always have fried you know something or sure i don't know salads get kind of old i don't know i feel like i've got to start exploring i hate salads i mean i like them i, I like them in a in the sense of like <laughs> from there you go. The other real they quick. can be really go. good but i hate man, you but i kind of like you <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just fuck man that was I'm, a walk through ronald's mind right yeah. there so, i hate that i kind of like I, it yeah I, <laughs> give me not one. all not all the time <laughs> no i know what Sauté you're saying spinach is starting to be my jam what is it? Sautéed oh, spinach. Okay. So good, man. We, Simple. We went through a kale phase for a while there. Kale's really good, too. Yeah, it, It's definitely, I mean, it's a, It's like Ron was saying, it's like one It's one thing you can just say just, just to watch it. Whether or not you, you want to believe it or whether or not you want to yeah. take it as any kind of word that you're going to make a change in your life. Mm-hmm. The, the key, you know, as like I said, somebody who's always struggled with like gaining, losing weight, you know, trying to find a balance, you know, there's something else happening, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it makes you realize that there is something else happening outside of like this typical yeah. Eat less calories, work out more and you'll be good. Like that's a great start starting point maybe. Right. But I mean at the end of the day like I, I just it, you know, it, it there's it, it frames the whole idea for me it, in a whole different light. I mean, I've seen tons of docs on like the whole food thing and and you know about how we've gotten away from eating food the proper way, quote unquote, but I don't know. The whole sugar angle is like never really oh, been presented to me like that. Me and either. It's really scary because I think it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. I, it's, for myself, I'll say I feel like it's absolutely true. And uh, I look at kids and like think of kids, younger kids like Henry and like mm-hmm. my nephew and like kids that I know and have some sort of personal tie to and look at what they eat. Yeah. I mean, it's scary, man. I never knew that like all these food companies like McDonald's and Chick Fil A and Pizza Hut and, like have contracts with public school systems to provide lunches for kids now. I yeah. never yeah. knew that. And it's, it's that, that, that is, that's, man. Yeah, because when we were kids, they at least, there was the pretense of it not being fast food. You know right. what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think we now yeah. know that there was still a lot of, there was like, a lot processed of, meat yeah. and a lot of gross stuff, but like, yeah. it was the pretense that it was like a rounded meal. But now, yeah. the fact, if they're letting McDonald's provide the food, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. But it's definitely worth checking out. I, I really enjoyed it. Again, it's not. It's obviously pushing a message, and you know, Katie Couric, who's the narrator of the film, she was out championing the film, you know, half a year ago when it was making the rounds at some of the festivals, and when it was coming out on. Now it's on like the, like John said, Google Play and mm-hmm. iTunes and Amazon and everything, digital stores. It's definitely worth a watch. I mean, like I said, just for information, whether you want to take it and run with it or not, 
it's one of those docs that is engaging enough. And if you, you know, it's just awareness, I think. So I'd highly recommend this doc. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth seeing. So on the, on the flip side of that, what did you guys think of Chef? I loved Chef. Oh, dude, Chef. Chef, yeah. I, like Immediately, it, I was like, this has to be one of the most surprising movies I've seen this year. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like John Favre. I pretty much like most of the people involved with that movie. Yeah, we should mention it's the latest written and directed starring John Favreau. Uh, and it's got a great cast. Like Yeah, uh, every string pool that he's ever... <laughs> yeah, interesting. Every person he's ever worked with, yeah, yeah. You know, in most cases, pop up in this movie. Including a couple of surprising cameos, I guess, that we might Except not want Except for wanna... Vince Vaughn. I was like, where's Vince yeah. Vaughn going to pop yeah. up? Maybe they're competing... I... I actually Food listened truck. to a really long podcast about how, like, they were talking about how they they don't really talk as Anymore? much as you would think really? they would speak. Like, not that they're, like, enemies or anything, mm-hmm. just... They, they drifted apart. They drifted apart, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they do something again. I do feel like... What was the last thing they did together? What was that? Um, was that Couples that? Retreat? Couples Retreat, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why. Yeah, that's why they drifted that apart. That was their getting together. Let's yeah, get a paycheck and hang out. Terrible. They had some great scenes in the breakup. Yeah, but that was not yeah. really a, a duo movie. But that nah. was no. But John Favreau, I've always sort of rooted for, and like I started off this movie kind of, I felt like I I, I don't know. I, I started off wondering like how can this be a movie? How can it be like almost two hours of a storyline that from the outset seemed very predictable, but right. then within minutes, uh, the the world starts sketching out and the characters right down to the kid character. Exactly. I not not was. not not stereotypical kid character. And mm-hmm. then I think that again, even when it would kind of seemed like it was following a formula as it was rolling along there would still be there was something about it that was just so uh, like upbeat and like it seemed like it really liked its characters and really wanted us to 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 feel positive feelings towards them as opposed yeah, to most yeah. movies where second act complications someone's got to betray somebody there's got to be some crazy thing but this one was more about just uh I mean we could say a little bit about the plot this this hotshot chef played by John Favreau who has a pretty funny public humiliation and then kind of uh, just claws his way back and, and gets back to enjoying the process of, of cooking. I mean, it's a very simple story. But, uh, yeah, it was it was real funny and warm, and I found myself near the end just thinking, I don't know if I've seen another movie that tries to tries to create that level. Like, there's a scene where they're all kind of singing in the car, and they're just driving, and it goes on for a couple of minutes, and I was just like, this is a fucking happy movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was happy. It, and that, I like that about it. it not, I mean, the... The lows were low, but they didn't feel like they couldn't be conquered. Like, it was a cool movie. Like, I felt like I was rooting for this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, he was like he was a questionable dad and all that stuff, but it kind of had, had to do with everything, like right. the prioritizing and realizing what's what's important. It's, Definitely. His, his passion is fueled by the things that he loves and seeing that kind of come together yeah. in a way that wasn't corny and fucking John Leguizamo. Yeah. I, t- I normally don't like him in movies, but he was great. His staff, his staff at the original restaurant. Yeah. God, man. So good. Like it felt, it yeah, felt real. Bobby Cannavale was, was pretty, was good. Yeah. Like in a small, small ish part. And again, with, not without spoiling it, a couple of those big cameos, the, 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 the the first one really surprised me. There's a certain actor who comes around the corner early in the film. I don't know if it's publicized. I guess the cast list is out there. But uh, Dustin Hoffman, I, I didn't know he was in it. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, me either. And then there was a, there were a few other actors of that level that I was like, oh, I didn't realize that person was, yeah, was going to be in cool this. But. I, I want to see it again. And I'd, I'd suggest it to anybody that wants to see something that's a little different. Yeah. It's just a pleasant, yeah, clean, fun... 
like inspiring movie. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. not cheesy. You know? Yeah, it clean. It's Although clean, they do not, they do not skip on the cheese though when he makes yeah. the grilled cheese. Oh yes, there is a there is a graphic. Tons of cheese. Grilled cheese preparation. Is scene. it rated R? Because he says fuck. I feel like he says fucking shit. I I, that's what I, I loved about it too. It was it was a nice wholesome movie in a good yeah. way, but it also had like he was himself. He was. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it's got to be R because of his diatribe in the restaurant. That's, oh, that, yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That scene alone. Yeah, yeah it's good. R. Yeah. It's but even good. that it didn't played, like out, played out different. I don't know. Surprising in a way. It just reminds you that John Favreau is a good, like that Swingers was when you first saw it, and made, I would say, too, but Swingers much more so, was like just a funny script that had good character moments and moments where you were right there with the character. And when he has his moment where he, basically he blows up at a critic, mm-hmm. um, you start off kind of being like, awesome, and you end up kind of being like, oh, man, you're going yeah. too far. Kind of the way you felt the 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 voicemail scene in swingers where he keeps, you know, he keeps leaving voicemail after voicemail and you start off going, Oh, and you're, but you're with him. You're cringing for him, not like against him, you know? And I think that he does tap into a little bit of that in this movie. And he seems to know that he's not just John Favreau, but the creature that ate John Favreau at this point. And they kind of, they kind of play (laughs) on that in the, in the movie just a little bit, but I, I don't know. I I found it to be like, I believed the character for the most part. Yeah. And there were a few moments where the, the, like the music would start playing and he'd be preparing some dish where I thought if it was a different actor directing and writing than starring, I would have felt even better about the movie. Because sometimes, do you know what I mean? I think (laughs) we've talked about this. Whenever someone's putting themselves, like Ben Stiller in The Life of Walter Mitty, we talked about it, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, Just whenever an actor puts themselves in a role where it's like the movie's kind of all about sort of like loving this character in some way. I yeah. do sometimes cringe a little bit at that energy, but he he it's such an interesting character. It's not your typical uh uh like protagonist in one of these movies. Yeah. And I thought it was nice that, you know, like the bad dad part. He kind of warms up, but it's not like he makes this major conversion at some point in the yeah. movie. It just kind of gradually he seems to seems to become more at peace with himself as a character and that and that affects his relationship with his, you know, with his ex-wife and his kid, but Yeah. But that kid was great. I he thought. was great. I mean, I, I kind of I, like product placement is always weird for me. The Twitter stuff was, but I liked it. But I thought it worked. It I, worked I, I, really I well. I thought that worked great in this yeah. film, especially like the whole food truck. Like, because I follow food yeah. trucks. Yeah. Like, well, it seemed to have an understanding we, of the world that it was depicting. Exactly. You know, yeah. like when when we go, like when Aaron and I go to the gatherings or like the little food truck rallies all around town, like you. There are certain ones you really like. You follow them on Twitter and yeah. they post where they're at, and mm-hmm. you go find them. Yeah. I mean, and that's cool. And it's funny because. It shows a dad out of touch not with his only his son, but also with technology, which yeah. in the end is what helps him sort of successfully yeah. make this a thing, oh, both God, his son it. and the technology. Yeah. You know, and it's like embrace the things you don't And his get. misuse of it is painful. It's, it, but it's hilarious yeah. because, I mean, it, it works, though. And mm-hmm. I thought that was actually, I thought the way they kind of, I agree with you. It kind of makes me cringe sometimes how it was obvious well. some of it is. But yeah. that kind of, and I can say, like, as a follower of food trucks, they live and die by things like that, yeah. like social media these days. Definitely. I mean, how how would you find them? You know what I mean? Well, anytime you make a, a movie that has social media in it that way, yeah. you run the risk of being a year too late. Or a, a, oh, yeah. And I feel like this movie's on the cusp of seeming a little... But but it, it plays both ends, and I love the fact that there's a 10-year-old who gets it yep. and, and the 40-ish-year-old who is clearly out to lunch on it. Like <laughs> I thought that was that that kind of made it okay. And yeah. I, I was going to say, I didn't know if that really rings true, but that's it felt true to me when i was when i was watching it that this is how the food truck sort of 
that, that would be, I knew that that people had to be finding out because I knew that that would happen that a line would form around the block yeah. for yep. certain food trucks and it's, stuff. So. It's interesting that Twitter Twitter is a an exception to the rule. It, it's it feels a lot more permanent than other things do. I think Facebook, Twitter, I think those are just things that have become brand names for something that people have decided they need. Yeah. Which is to say that if Facebook, if people stopped using Facebook in droves, there would still have to be some other way of doing roughly that same thing. Yeah, you gotta Of staying in touch with this wide swath of people. Oh, yeah. So as Facebook becomes more mainstream, it almost becomes more useful because it's it means, yeah, it really is like the new phone book or yeah. it's the new, Nothing you know, spreads as quickly uh, as news on Twitter. Like yeah. nothing. Right. Like nothing nothing compares to it like facebook is one thing but it everything i've every bit of news that i've ever gotten <laughs> i'm, chuck, I'm chuckling life. at him sending that message thinking he was sending it to just the <laughs> yeah. guy in the film what oh, gets his whole fucking... his whole kind of downturn started is when yeah. he gets caught up in a twitter war that was really but funny. that character even turns out to be i don't know it's a warm yeah, movie you know really, really it reminded cool me movie. a little bit of ratatouille <laughs> Patton Oswalt in fucking uh, Gorilla King Comics downtown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's writing some stuff and I think filming some stuff. Oh, wow. Just downtown with a stack of comics. Really? <laughs> wow. Down in Fells, yeah. yeah I've been in that, in that shop a couple times. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. What were you going to say about Ratatouille? Sorry. I was just going to say, it because it even has that angle of the critic... Like the kind oh, of yeah. ongoing relationship with oh, the critic yeah. and, and how this critic cool. gets in. You get a little bit into the critic in this film, too. And I thought that, again, that was that a surprise? Was that person listed in the cast? I thought it was. I, I mean, I don't I, know uh, that anybody. Actually, I did not know he was okay, the critic. Okay, so that's a, we'll keep that The one, one that I, I think he was probably the only one I didn't know was in the film. Okay. So the other big cameo, that other than I spoiled, for some reason I said don't I wasn't going to spoil him. Don't the spoil The other big, big cameo is, is funny. And a great one. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see anything about a very him. Very bizarre scene, it was. but but very funny. Like, oh yeah, he's he's great. I loved the that whole character's vibe. Like there were some line readings there. I, I found Amy Sedaris's cameo to be like she was piped in from an, from a Saturday Night Live movie or something though. <laughs> I and I like her, but but I thought publicist character she plays in like one scene. It really felt like if she was like the only cartoon character in this world of otherwise pretty. Even John Leguizamo is like underplaying. Yeah, here comes Amy Sedaris like I was very playing like a sketch. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. felt just a little bit. If I didn't know who she is and I didn't know what she normally is like, I might not. I might have believed she really was some brassy publicist type but because yeah. i knew she was doing a character it seemed a little a little broad for the rest of the movie but but it was funny i mean i guess my point is there are lots of scenes that are there just just to be funny yeah um yeah chef is it it's streaming or is yeah, it just I'm in theaters sure it's right on... now? no it's streaming okay it's on, yeah it's on uh, stuff on the digital now. sites because i think it's still playing up the street maybe it's not maybe it really? left the senator uh maybe when the drop was released i believe oh, that, okay the chef may have left but it's streaming and uh, uh, yeah, if you liked Swingers, if you liked Maid, if you liked John Favreau, just his energy, I think this is a, this is a, you know, I I, I can tell my wife's gonna love it. You know, it's that yeah. type of fun, warm movie, and it, anything good. to do with a little kid. There's a couple of moments you don't like, you don't cry, but you get a little misty just because the kid is so yeah. low key. And I think I love the way they played that. The kid never, you know, never was like, you don't care about me. There was none of that yeah. shit. It I was, don't know if I've ever told you this, but like. That's a super hypersensitive thing to me. Like, mm-hmm. it has to be done well, or I'll hate that. Oh game. yeah, totally. It's very, it's very easy for me to be like, I'm being manipulated right oh, now. Oh, totally. It's but I didn't feel like that when I was watching yeah. it. I was like, this kid's like, hip and cool, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I liked it. Did anybody see Hercules? No. no. I saw Hercules. I loved it. Yeah. The one with the rock. Hmm. 
Yeah, okay, so it, it has a really cool... No, the 20-year-old animated film. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was the Hercules <laughs> one that Cam Gigaden or whatever yeah, the hell his so name was in. What makes it really... <laughs> what is his name? What, what makes <laughs> it really is? cool is, like, Hercules isn't... He's a, he's a, he's a bigger-than-life sort of character, but what makes him so cool is he's not as great as the legends... You mean Brett Ratner's Hercules? Yeah. Yes. Why, so, why weren't they publicizing that? that I don't why, know. why wasn't it publicized as a Brett Ratner film? It has a, <laughs> has a cool plot. Like, because it's... All right, so he's not that great. He can't do all those cool things. So was, he has to maintain his legend. And in order to maintain his legend, he has, like, a group of people that help him. Ah, okay. So, like, that's the thing. So, like, that's that's a cool little spin on Hercules. Hercules is amazing. He's huge. He can beat the shit out of people, but he also can't pick up a mountain and throw it. Right. So, he has these people. He needs two him. or three friends to do that. He kind of travels. Yeah. yeah. So, that's, like, the whole thing. He's, like, maintaining these stories. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hercules can take a horse and rip it in half and eat its guts. And he's, like, I can't. He's, like, oh, fuck, I can't do that stuff. So, like, he'll, like, go for something and people, like, help him. It's weird. It's yeah, really funny. cool. I didn't realize that. It's like a really cool spin. It's done well. The Rock is great. Uh, the, the reviews on it were surprisingly not bad. I it's mean, solid, yeah. man. They were middle, slightly fresh. Like it, It's one of those it movies. It performed worse than it was it performed reviewed. Terrible. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Came out at a terrible time. It, it wasn't really marketed well. The commercials were terrible. But I... I enjoyed You're it. You were into it? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Right on. I have to check it out. Well, See. I mean, I'm prepared to give... Dwayne the Rock Johnson a chance oh, man, in almost he's... anything because he's charming. Yeah, and I think that he's got it in him to do that type of role with swagger and make it fun to watch rather than like a slog, you know. Yeah. So, but I like that premise. I mean, that idea is is, is hooky. I almost wonder why not. Why, why not hook people it? in with that? With the legend tells you this, but we're going to tell you the true story, and the, you know what I mean. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, marketing, that's, marketing, that's marketing. marketing. We'll, we'll do that one day. That was a huge part of the story, and they didn't even include it in the commercial. Yeah. But I guess maybe it's like, a twist. Yeah, it's a cool twist, but yeah, but it maybe. seems like a hook more than a twist to me. Yeah, craziness. We're using terminology in case anyone's listening. <laughs> um, did anyone else see Frank? I saw Frank. Yeah, what would you think? What would you think? I didn't see it. Okay, um, I loved it. I thought it was, I, you know, I didn't. I, I was. I'm going back and forth about whether I love, yeah. whether I loved it, or whether I just liked almost everything about it. It's that you indie know? manipulation like, thing that happens, man. There's there's a formula to indie movies that, man, it's if I don't ever see it in in a mainstream movie, mm-hmm. it's a it's a very specific type of manipulation. It's like the isolated character obscure like he does like shitty weird things well you, and... you you set up a little world where you can kind of make up your own rules within yeah. that world but it, the, you know the, that's where like that quirky indie comedy kind of yeah. thing comes from it's like you take like little miss sunshine you can create this little microcosm because they're all on the on a vw bus you know you can put this cast of characters in there and this movie does that thing but instead it it's, does but i felt like it got at some like we should talk about what it is a yeah, little yeah. bit sure For, it's it's the story of this guy who's kind of as we learned throughout the movie, kind of a mediocre musician and kind of an untalented songwriter who joins up as keyboardist for this bizarre art rock band and just kind of gets sucked into their energy. And at the center of this band is this figure named Frank who wears a paper mache head and literally never takes it off, like drinks stuff through a straw that he feeds up through the mask. Um, And it's as played very incredibly, I thought, by Michael Fassbender in another amazing performance. But... I, I thought Frank as a character was so hilarious. He was. And like was. his energy, his he physical was. energy and the things he would say and the way that paper mache head, it goes from being like a weird gimmick to like at times you're almost looking at that impassive face yeah. for some kind of 
emotion or something, and you realize that he has a character, he even says at some point, would it make you feel more comfortable if you knew what expression I was oh, making? God, that's... And so then he starts announcing, yes. there's a part where he says, and I actually wrote this down, where he says, flattered grin, followed by a bashful half smile. <laughs> uh, and it's, it becomes a funny joke, but even that, like another character, Clara, played by uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Why even she so at tr- some point is like, stop doing that, it's annoying, and he stops yeah. doing it, you know, but for a few scenes he announces his expression. I like but it's, it's clever too. and quirky in that indie comedy way, and almost you could believe it's one of those Wes Anderson light yeah. movies, but what I was, what I keep trying to get to with you is, and you too, Steve, since you've, you know, you've been around musicians and you've been, in, you're a musician, yeah. I feel like it gets at something true about the process of making stuff. Like it, it felt like it was almost not that important that you hear this, all the music this band is making. Something about watching the musicians interact and the way they did stuff yeah. and the way they all kind of defer to Frank, but they also kind of are his caretakers and his insulation from the world in another way. Yeah. It, 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 it didn't feel like it was doing quirky, jokey, like it was quirky, jokey stuff, but w- as the movie goes on, you realize... It's much more that he's this damaged person, and this band is kind of his insulation against yeah, the right. world. And the character that we're following into this world, who you want to follow that interloper, it's almost like the kid in Almost Famous. He gets the window in. In this movie, you see that that guy might not be the best influence on this world that he's yeah. in. Like, our protagonist <clears throat> is kind of revealed to not quite be the villain, but we see that he's not good for this band and yeah. it actually maybe this band would have been better without i don't know it's an interesting thing but i i felt like there was something very true about just the creative process and it's hard to put my finger on it i've never seen a movie that showed but that's the thing that people really don't know about any art of any sort like the i guess the idea is like this is the 118th movie movie. Like yeah. it I feel like this is a great podcast, but when we first started, we weren't quite as good. I mean like I I, I think it was good, but it wasn't quite as good. I was definitely not as good when you guys first started. But but the idea is like you don't you don't see any of that process. Mm-hmm. Like people don't people want to hear the 118th. They don't want to hear the 4th when you're when you're struggling and try to find some like dynamic and it, that stuff is all very beautiful. And when mm-hmm. you see it happen in the context of this movie and see how shitty it is when you're with a band member, like, fuck this song. You've heard this loop 10 million times. You're like, I hate this. Yeah. Nobody ever sees that stuff. And I don't see that very often in movies. Done for like an hour, seeing how they were grinding through the sounds and all that stuff. And he was like, no, I don't like that. Let's start all over Well, again. the fact that, yeah, that at the end of the process, everyone can still be standing there like post-coital glow like oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's that's like there's a moment at the end of them recording their album where you mm-hmm. see that everyone has this moment of we did it but every moment leading up to that was full of squabbling and all these cantankerous yes. and you would almost think these people barely can stand to be in the room together and this person hates what that other person came up with <laughs> but then in the end they still somehow all agree that was good you know what i mean yes. like that it's was great and we should mention too scoot mcnary was great in this yeah and almost i didn't recognize him at first i was like i didn't realize how okay. short he was <laughs> and i kept thinking is, this, is there some short is there, he playing the movie he I plays a guy named don who is kind of the heart of the movie in a way he's like the damaged guy who knows oh, he'll yeah. never be he's like frank's uh, bandmate who knows he'll never be frank yeah, yeah, yeah. and, I saw, I and he's kind of a sad trailer. figure in the movie but he's he's got a couple of good scenes but uh yeah no i thought it was, it was great really movie. interesting and again whether i want i'm still torn on whether i want to say it was great and i loved it 
but I love so many things about it. And Michael Fassbender is he's I mean, so once good again, we it. just see that he's amazing because he, like... he he creates such a character. I, I didn't expect Frank to be so kind of earnest yeah. and lovable. And then when we really see what's going on with him and that the movie wants to go and say, all right, not only and it's based on a real guy like yeah. I, it's not none of the names are the same i don't think but it's like based on an article that someone wrote about this real guy who wore a mask and i think he he passed away later I'm, i i feel like i should have more details about mm. that but um that within that he's both a funny character and then <clears throat> a poignant character and then you realize at the, towards the end that the movie is actually dealing pretty honestly with the idea of a mentally ill person who might but don a mask and never take it off and so it like there's a scene where someone's trying to remove the mask that when that scene rolls around, if you expect it like in a slapstick comedy that someone's going to eventually say, take off the fucking mask, you know? But when it finally <laughs> happens, it almost feels like he's being raped. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Really like weird. It's really, you almost are like, no, don't do that to him. Yeah. Like, you know, he doesn't want to take it off. I don't know. I thought it was really, really very thought provoking. I'm I want still, still kind of wrestling with it. I would watch it again. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. We should mention that. It's it, funny. It is very funny. I saw a shit ton of movies now that I'm thinking about it. A most wanted man. A most wanted man. Uh, what was that? All right. So I think that a lot of movies, uh, a lot of political thrillers, are really hard to follow. Um, Tinker Soldiers. You can't even get the name right. It's uh, the the, mo- the movie that had to have a guide with it when when I went to the screening yeah. of it. It's Butcher Baker, Candlestick Maker. You're yeah. Right. So imagine a political thriller that was just as smart, but. 50 million times easier to follow. And this is that movie. Um, a Most Wanted Man is a great political theater, uh, thriller starring Michael Philip. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Michael, what the Michael, Michael Philip Seymour Hoffman. Michael Philip Seymour Hoffman. Pretty much revolves around him trying to bust some uh, some criminals that may have had something to do with 9-11. Maybe. I don't know. Trying to track them. Um, it was... Philip Seymour Hoffman is a wonder. Seeing him act is like, oh, okay. Now I know why people are saying that. Like, at, like movies are movies are just as good as they were 20, 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, because of people like him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a thing that he had that I, I, I would have said this before he died, that he has that separates him from even people like Brad Pitt. Like that get into the muck sort of like he doesn't care about his looks so much. He'll get deep into it, into a character. Mm-hmm. There's there's like a vanity that he lacks <clears throat> that yeah. gives him a perspective creatively that I love that I, that can't be competed with. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it. I, I mean, it's not the best espionage movie I've ever seen, but... It's fucking incredible. It was. I, I, I was like curious these... about it because I like that type of subject matter. Yeah, it's. <sighs> I mean, I like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and that type of. I know what you mean about them being kind of hard to follow, but I do. Yeah, this I do one's like really that. Easy what was follow. the? Um, oh God, it was a German film from a few years ago about like a surveillance expert. Oh. Uh... Oh man, they're remaking it. Oh, they are. They're yeah. remaking it. Oh, Jesus Christ! Do you know what the one I'm talking about, though. I. Uh... Oh, great lead guy, the, kind of a bald the, the, guy. Yeah, the cover is him with the headphones on yeah. in the doorway. Other uh, people's lives. Yes, other people's, other lives. people's lives. That was great. Or the lives of other. The lives of others. The, uh, <laughs> they're fuck. remaking this movie. We're we're just... three movie buffs. Yeah, they cannot. Um, yeah. Oh man, the lives of others. The lives of, the lives others. of others. Yeah. 
I thought that was great. But I mean, that was another like low key. Like I like when someone takes an espionage idea and plays out like a human drama set against this, these very real yeah. consequences. I think I, that's a great treatment. And I feel like that that when I saw the trailer for The Most Wanted Man, I felt like, okay, that looks like one of those kind of smart, slow thrillers. And I think he would be great in something like that. Yeah, it makes a lot of things that you wouldn't expect to be super tense become very tense. Right. Yeah, it's like... Like, really is st- someone going to contact this person about this one piece of information? Right. And if they is do, this person going to show up at this meeting? Yeah. These, those types of things are really big deals. Yeah, it's it's that thing where, like, somebody is, like, on the outs with the government, mm-hmm. and he's like, I have a I have a hunch about this thing. I think it's going to happen. I know this because mm-hmm. this is what I do for a living, but he fucked up 9-11. Like, he... You know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. Like, it, it's, it's a cool... It's a cool plot, man. It's worth seeing. So, I, it wasn't the best movie I've seen, but... One of my top, maybe. Honestly, it might be my top. Yeah. Wow. At least in the top 15. I don't know what we're doing. Are we doing top 10? Probably top 10. We'll let (laughs) you do top 15. (laughs) Um, I saw another uh, film that that I'm still kind of processing, but I think I really loved it. Uh, The one I love. Hold with on. Mark Duplass. Oh, and, damn it. Um, I, I like fuck watched, I wanted to see that. I watched like, they had, like a really movie, cool cover. Yeah. I couldn't finish it. Oh, you couldn't finish it? Like, or I, I couldn't finish I it? I could have finished watching the film. I was really into it. Okay. But I just, I, we had to like leave. I couldn't, and I never got back to finishing the movie. It's, uh, I want to say, I, I, mean, I want to call her Elizabeth. Ol- it's okay. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. I want yeah. to call her Elizabeth Olsen I'm because she plays Peggy Olsen on, uh, on Mad Men. But right. yeah, it's uh, Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass. And, it's the story. Basically, it's a couple that's in couples therapy, and their therapist, played by Ted Danson in a really small but really funny part, um, sends them off on this retreat weekend that he says has worked for several of his his patients or several of his clients. And it seems to be just like a nice country house that you stay in just for the weekend. You know, the kind of retreat that you might take by yourself, Ronald. So I don't know what it, it would actually be very interesting to see what would happen to you on this uh, on this in this movie. But they are a couple that we can see that there's something there's that constant like nagging suggestion of I thought we've been through this. That was 3 years ago. I thought, you know, he did something in mm-hmm. the past. But but they're going to stay at this cabin for what seems to be just a relaxing weekend away to kind of get back in touch with each other. And they discover there's a guest house on the property that through a few little plot machinations, I don't want to spoil, but like at a certain point, she they discover that when he goes into that cabin, he encounters a sort of idealized version of her. And when she goes into that cabin, she encounters an idealized version of him. As he describes, a version of him that's twenty percent better <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> and it kind of becomes the story. His story, Ethan, the the, the male and the couple, Ethan mm-hmm. and Sophie is the couple, and it kind of becomes the story of Ethan because he's the one who's got the most redemption. You know, in the relationship, he's the one that's a little bit more in the doghouse, and so he's the one who's the most threatened, I think, by this idea of her meeting a version of him that's more in touch with his feelings, wow. and then the version of 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 his wife that is more in touch with. His feelings is more like she makes him bacon for breakfast and that sort of thing, like just something that his wife would never do. But they Good. gradually, but it take, well, it's interesting. And like doesn't question anything right. that he does, right? Like, and oh, it's wow. very like, oh sure, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to do. Like you don't realize right at first, but it's like you start to see. But it's not like this dramatically idealized version. It's just like a a slightly less complicated, more accommodating version of the person you're used to being with. And the way this affects their relationship, once they, I mean, I will say that what's interesting is that's the concept of the movie. About a half hour into the movie, they're grasping the concept. A little bit further than that, they start talking about what to do about it. 
it's one of those movies where it gets to about halfway in and you kind of wonder what the rest of the movie is going to be. But I would say that it, what I, what I love about it is, and I put it in the class of a movie like Primer, mm-hmm. is that it takes this simple concept. This is a very, still, still by the end of the film, kind of unexplained Twilight Zone kind of concept. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it goes from being a metaphor for relationships. Because we can all, I saw your face do it, and I can tell that you're into it for the same reason. That like, that whole idea of that happening to you in your relationship, you can't help but feel threatened and kind of excited by that notion of like, yeah. what would that be like? And then you think, well, how? what would it take for me to be that slightly more accommodating, slightly more honest, slightly more open version oh, of sure, myself? Man. Like, you'd think you're better, but then if you knew there was a version of you that just had to be... What do you know? I'm waiting for you. Like she comes in and finds him doing sit-ups, that kind of thing. And you know, like the real guy would never do sit-ups. Um, uh, it it starts to eat at their relationship in an interesting way, and then it goes from being universal to actually dealing with the sort of Twilight Zone trapping. So it's both a metaphor for relationships and does what I love, which is then okay, we're also going to deal with the narrative of what's really going yeah, on here. And, yeah. it, and it goes to some pretty interesting places. Like you've only seen the first yeah, half or so. Yeah. The last, the back half is like is a sci-fi film in really? a lot of ways. Like and it's got it's got a creep factor. It still keeps it simple. There's really yeah. only three or four actors in the movie. And I read the credits to see if at any point his Mark Duplass's twin brother was used. And I don't think he was. I think wow. they managed to avoid that. And if they did, they had it where like whenever he's speaking, it's him. But maybe yeah, for yeah. maybe for a, a couple back, of the reverse yeah. shots or something. But it, it it just keeps developing and it's like it goes ahead and bites off that next chunk of plot that you're like you know what I mean? You would expect an indie mumblecore film sure. to deal with this one concept and draw it out over ninety minutes. But at about there's about an hour in, there's a there's a thing that kind of flips it open where or flips it on its head where you're like, oh, I didn't expect that type of interaction to begin, and and then it really does become sci-fi. So I would say, I mean, I th- I I think it's one of my favorite movies I've seen recently. Wow! But I would love to have, yeah, I can't wait for you guys oh, to see I, it. And, I have and to see it now. It. I didn't. I mean, the the cover alone mm-hmm. is like the painted. I have to see it. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm drawn in by a cover art. You know what I mean? Well, like, I love her poster. too. On on Mad Men, yeah, I remember watching it and like thinking that John good. is loving this movie. Oh, it, I thought yeah. it was so like yeah. cleverly done and like the dialogue. It, maybe there is a lot of that improvised mumblecore dialogue. Like here's what I was re- realizing watching this movie is that like in a typical scripted comedy, you'll have a person at the end of a scene turn to the other person and go, "Now do you see what I'm talking about?" And the yeah. other person goes, "Yeah." Yeah, I do. And then you smash cut to the next scene. Mm-hmm. A mumblecore type movie will have a person go, see what I'm saying? And the other person just slowly looks at them. And then it cut. But it's like that little extra bit of subtlety, it has that feel, that off the cuff. Uh. I hate to keep using mumblecore, but we all know what genre that is. In fact, you can't have a Duplass brother in the film or involved and not mention it. <laughs> but it's that sort of low-key, sort of improv feeling film, yeah. which can often feel really slack. And like you can just churn these out. Like I think Joe Swanberg is another guy who's yeah. really associated with it. But occasionally they hit something interesting. And I think that a lot of these directors hit something really interesting when they when they land in a genre mm-hmm. and they say, okay, we're going to do this type of movie, but we're going to make it not a straight. It's not just a drama about people talking. It's also got these other things going on. And this movie, the mumblecore aspects really did serve to make the trippier aspects of it more more grounded and engaging and there are certain things that like just the fact that the character pushes his glasses up his nose a lot becomes a plot point so you mm. start off going boy he sure is doing that a lot well later that becomes a plot point you know so there's oh, wow. little things like that that are very uh uh it was just well observed and it felt really tightly written instead of really slackly written the way a lot of times those types of films can seem mm. so i don't have the name of the director pulled up in front of me but the one it I love. it's also on google play Okay. I, 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 this Google Play Now in theaters thing is something I'm loving right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Steve, what was 
Anything else? The only other movie I saw I was trying to pull up the director of this film was. Yeah, uh, I saw a shit ton of movies. Man. Was uh, a movie called The Signal. Oh, I wanted to see uh, William Eubank. Uh, Is it Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne and uh, the guy who's now in theaters in the Maze Runner. Uh, what's his name? Brenton Brenton Thwaiten. I forget. Yeah, something like that. But Brenton Thwaites. Um, <laughs> this is the episode where we don't bother learning anybody's <laughs> names. Yeah, you know, he's that guy. You know what I mean? He's that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I remember seeing the trailer for this when it was at one of the festivals and thinking it looked like the trailer was really wicked cool. Like, mm-hmm. it was very ominous and just like, what what's the point of, of this movie? Um, I would say you, I would like you, I'd like you, well, both of you to check it out, but I'd like to kind of be curious to what your take on it is, John. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, it, there's a lot of like, the themes of it are like are like free will and determinism and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's basically about the, the this trio of friends who two of the three are like computer like hackers, MIT students who um, had have recently gotten in trouble for something uh, hacking into some sort of database. Um, they were kind of outed by this this fourth presence in the film um, named Nomad, and it's it's a hacker. They think it's a hacker. You know, it's this person that's like just like fucking with them and Mm -hmm. you know and they're in the process of taking one of the gentleman's girlfriends across country to her new home in california and they're like oh well we're going on this way let's let's stop at this we're going to track this guy back he's tracking us we're going to track him you know to kind of just mess with him or whatever and from there when they get to the location they've tracked based on like his ip it's just like it's it's just weird like what what happens is very odd like lawrence fishburne's character comes in and if you've seen the trailer he's in like a contamination suit and there's all these things about that's on the poster. I think yeah, that yeah. may be all I've seen. And, and he's like, you know, and it, it's a matter of like what, I don't want to ruin anything, but like what's going on in this movie? Mm-hmm. It, the title is The Signal. The trailer, and if you watch the trailer, nothing given away. The first thing that Lawrence Fishburne's character asked him is, when was the last time that you heard The Signal? And it's a matter of what is The Signal? What does it mean? Is it literal? Is it figurative? What is it? And uh, some pretty crazy things kind of come to fruition and, and some some really gorgeous filmmaking for a movie that I think it only costs like three or four million dollars. In terms of some special effects, it re- a couple mm-hmm. shots really reminded me of what District 9 was able to accomplish with oh, wow. a budget that it had in the sci-fi realm. Um, and, you know, I don't, I'll don't, probably stop there. I, re- I really enjoyed the movie. I feel like it has some issues. There were some holes and some, some weaknesses in it. And I don't think critics really love this movie, and it didn't really get much of a release, but it's coming out in all the digital stores now. Mm. But um, I was into it, and I'll it's stop funny. there. <laughs> I want to say why, and if people know some of the, if you know some of my guilty pleasures from some of our prior episodes, there's an element present that I really kind of like that they tap into without really going too deep in it. Um, and I'll leave that for you to figure out, John. It, does Ethan Embry reprise his character from uh, Can't Hardly Wait? Is that a guilty, is that a guilty <laughs> yeah. pleasure? I don't know. No, that, that was not a guilty pleasure. No, you're right. That's a prideful pleasure. What, what did we call that episode? Like We were like... Oh, that was the characters we can relate to. That was no, but, um, but what was the one that I'm talking about? The things that like we'll go see a movie regardless. Oh, uh, our um, cinematic uh, week spots. Week what spot, was it? Something like that. Yeah, it's one of them. So if you want to do some research, yeah. okay. But I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I actually really like the kid, the, the the lead, who's the kid I mentioned that's in the Maze Runner, which mm-hmm. comes out when this is coming out. But um, that's really all I've seen. I mean, really? like, and, and all anybody see Borgman? We... What? No. You see Borgman? No. Oh man, I have not. <laughs> That's a weird one. Really? I never even heard of it's that. It's pretty have disturbing. You mentioned that before? It I don't sounds know. Sounds familiar. I don't think so. Borgman, B O R G M A N. It's a it's a Dutch thriller that came out. Uh, it's written and directed by a guy named Alex Van Varmerdam. 
and um, it's it's very surreal, very bizarre. It, <laughs> the dude looks like Peter Weller. I thought there's parts in the movie where he looks like Kevin Perkins. <laughs> like he's he, Kevin Perkins is, doesn't have like the facial structure of this guy, but just oh, like okay. from the side. I was gonna say that, the, but the, I felt like, like I'd go with no, an actor that people no, wouldn't the, have. No, the big main brushed back. There's some like from from the side or from behind where I was just like, oh, you know, Kevin Perkins could play this. <laughs> have to make sure we person. tag him in this part, yeah, so right, we, yeah. maybe we get a new listener. Yeah, no, out of I think this. Kevin Perkins is a much more handsome man than this character. But <laughs> the this way guy, his hair flows is just yes, it's, I'm it's, jealous it's of the it. flowing uh, salt and pepper hair that made me think of him. But uh, it's 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 a movie that starts weird and then just you roll with it and you roll with it and it it's got that European sensibility where mm. there's a there's a there's a bleakness and a harshness to it. Um, but it starts off. There's these. You see these guys t- loading shotguns and and a guy polishing like a spear. And they get in together and they go out to the woods and they 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 start poking at the ground. And they've there's this guy living under the ground that what? then like escapes down a tunnel. And then when he escapes, you see that these guys are coming to kill him. You know, but they but he escapes. And then he warns several other friends of his as he runs through the woods. He like bangs on the ground and the people open up these. These little, these their own little holes, yeah. and he's like, "Why didn't you answer my call?" And he, cause he's been trying to call him on the cell phone to tell him that people that they've been found, and and that's about all the explanation you get about that. But then you see these characters pop up later in the film; they're friends of his, and he's a he's like a a wandering like I won't I don't want to say like con artist, but <laughs> you get the idea that they have this organization of kind of like. I don't know, like they might be a family of thieves and murderers that, that to say any more would be to say what they do. But what what happens is they immediately run across this. Uh, it's actually a very affluent family that seem kind of bored with their lives. It's like a, a husband and wife who seem kind of like there's an iciness between them. And then there's a live in nanny and then there's three kids. I've seen the trailer. And okay. it's just what they what the weird vagrant wandering whatever guy does to this family at first you think he's just like a homeless guy living in the woods but then you realize wait he's got cell phones they've got this network they clearly have these plans and then seeing the plan enacted they sort of set up this idea of once you invite the devil into your home you sort of deserve what happens to you Mm. and there is a point where the woman pointedly says to borgman when he's like gonna leave won't you come back and in some other capacity, you know, like my husband, because he's got a long beard and flowing hair. She's like, my husband won't recognize you if you come back in some other capacity. And he's like, if I do, there will be consequences. And that's kind of what plays out for the rest of the movie. And if it sounds like a very strange plot, it is a very strange plot. But it starts with him knocking on doors, trying to just get a foot in the door at any of these houses. And then this man, uh, the, 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 this man Richard, beats the shit out of him for insinuating that he used to know his wife. You know, and oh. his wife says, I don't, I never knew this guy, his wife, Marina. And then Borgman, Camille Borgman is the character's name. He, from the moment of being beaten to a pulp by this guy and then the rest of the movie, it's all about like what he does next and how he works his way into this family and how he kind of influences the kids and sort of, yeah, to say any more would be to destroy the, the, the suspense of the film. But it's one of those movies that proceeds as though it's a suspense thriller. And you realize at the end, you were not really watching a suspense thriller. You were watching more of a like a mood piece, kind of an almost an artistic uh, film. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Michael Haneke? Michael oh, Haneke? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh, reminded me, it reminded me of one of his films. It's, gotcha. it's not by him, but it had that same kind of like really well shot, really beautifully made, but weird. And you're just kind of taking what happens... 
you just you have to kind of roll with it. And as it rolls along, you realize, okay, wait, I'm figuring out what's going on as this movie proceeds, but I'm also not really supposed to understand completely what's going on. Um, so I, mm. I, I would be interested to see what you guys think of it. It's very subtly oh. disturbing and weird. And put it know. on my wish list. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. Borgman, gotta check um, it out. I saw Get On Up, the James Brown biopic. Oh, how was that? It it was two and a half hours. Whew. Yeah, it was. Damn. It was solid, but um, could have been a little shorter. And I also don't like the through story of like a little kid, like the little kid flashbacks. I don't like that either. Fucking fucking bother. It's so many movies do it. But you mean starting with the kid and then kind of like saying we're going to show how when they were a kid everything that made them who they are. Yeah, like yeah, no, yeah. it's so cliche. It's much better so, to treat a biopic with the idea of like you're going to see like an an event in their life or you're going to see like yeah. a year in their life or well, you're going to see like them as an adult, you the, know. The James Brown childhood thing is very unique in that like there were things that just didn't make any sense. Like when he was a kid he was like a a group grabbed him up in a couple of kids in the neighborhood and got him to like fight blindfolded for like a bunch of rich white guys Mm -hmm. like that like shit like that was it's and and the movie has a lot of that craziness so his life was bonkers like so the kid flashbacks were really really powerful but they, they, I don't. I don't like to see that too. It feels very like cliche. Like, well, it's almost like then make a movie about James Brown as a kid. Yeah, and just have that be the story. I <laughs> mean, I know what you're end, saying. Like, it's this little. It's the little salad yeah, bar to, version of someone's life yeah, where you're just picking kind of this stabbed in between like, these yeah. these scenes. So that was that was one of the bad parts. Uh, Lucy, I saw Lucy uh, when I was in St. Thomas. Cool ass idea, execution. Meh, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's worth well, is, seeing. Isn't that what the? Isn't this the movie that finally got people talking about how that whole thing about only using ten percent of your brain isn't, yeah, isn't true? Yeah, it was cool, man. But that I mean, like was... that's not true. Like that's like one of those false yeah, things yeah. to say that we don't. That'd be like saying you don't use a hundred percent of your house at any one moment, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you still use like there's storage. There's other things going on in the yeah, brain. It's not like we have you know superpowers. It's not like all of it is dead. Yeah. And there's one part that we use. Yeah. So that I mean, the idea of it was cool. Like. What, what kind of things could we do if our brains... We used more of our brains than we do now. And if we looked like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, looked like Scarlett Johansson. Um, it sounded funny to me. Like, it sounded like like cutting to wild animals and stuff when she's doing her shit. That just sounded... That was... That just sounded campy and funny to me, though. Funny. <laughs> you know, like, it I don't know, was it supposed to be funny? Crank. Like, that part... I mean, it... it in the Neanderthal stuff, like, it, they had a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't think it was corny. I thought it was just, like, kind of that hyper fast like generation x sort of like that was that was the point on that whole thing like just showing how people process things and how you know how if we had more of our brains how we would process it 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 was okay Mm -hmm. um saw turtles what the fuck was that i saw that i just think that i just think that i i'm gonna say about that Practical effects, so, man. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking say this till I die. Practical effects are better. The the models were cool, but seeing them beside real <sighs> people, I thought they looked bad. Oh man. I mean, I didn't. I didn't like the design. They're I mean, I didn't huge. like the big roided out design. They're huge. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I get what they were doing, but I don't know. Yeah. Shredder. Like, I, was I didn't get fucking... much of a sense that it really caught fire with kids. No. Either, even I though I, it had a pretty did. good opening weekend, but I, you know. 
I because I was like watching Henry cautiously. Oh my God, is it going to reach critical mass where he's going to feel like he's yeah. got to see that movie? And he never it never tipped over for him. Like no. once it came out, it just kind of you know he didn't he didn't have that sense that he has with other things of like I got to yeah. see that. So the second one's supposed to have more characters, like hopefully Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, hopefully, we can only hope for only Bebop hope. and Rocksteady <laughs> and Krang. No, uh, Krang. But, I guess they, yeah, I didn't yeah, see any Krang. So yeah, was, let's see some Krang. I, I, I agree with that. Krang yeah. is, is fucking weird. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Uh, <laughs> Words and Pictures starring, um, what's his face? Clive Owen and another person who is his equal tr- attractiveness in a woman form. As about a teacher, one teacher that taught oh, you don't know her name? English. I'm trying to wait for it to load. <laughs> it's that one out there that's equal <laughs> that, to him in attractiveness. That one. Fuck, I don't even know. I don't know her name. It was, it was. Yeah, when we started and you were like, what did I see? I was like, I know I've seen you post like a dozen movies yeah, that you've I've watched seen a lot of movies. as you were watching them. Uh, Juliet Binoche. Binoche. Yeah, Juliet Binoche. Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, she taught art. He taught words. He taught English. So they were trying to compete. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you should attend one of his classes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was like a layup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like That's the, the only shot that I can I make. I like the John. idea of putting Clive Owen's uh, attractiveness on a scale with Juliet Binoche's <laughs> yeah. attractiveness, and it's like, yep, yeah, it evens out. We can cast it evens them. Out. They can no, they can hold a scene together. <laughs> she has nice boobs. Let's cast her. So the idea was, yeah, like, oddly enough, has a concave area on his chest that fits her boobs perfectly. Yeah, just they right there, perfectly. And then they make sweet love at some point. They uh, one's a. Uh, art teacher and the other is a word teacher a word teacher <laughs> and uh so the so that becomes this like competition where clive owen basically says that words are a lot more powerful than visuals because you know words can incite these these mind pictures basically and she says you can see this and this incites all these thoughts so they basically compete on some level and they get each respective class to kind of create uh these arguments for why one's more important than the other. Mm-hmm. And then during the course of that, um, a bunch of really crazy things happen that kind of bring them closer. I thought it was a solid movie. I, I thought it was worth seeing. Who wins? Uh, nobody wins. That's actually the cool oh. part. They it doesn't just... turn into Rise of the Planet of the Words? <laughs> no. Or... That would be cool, though. Shock Value. I'm just going to rattle off. Of... Shock Value was a, uh indie horror film where this director, shitty B director witnesses a murder and realizes that a guy is a serial killer and wants to hire him to be in his next film that is fucking crazy whether it was good or bad i don't know uh begin again uh starring mark ruffalo and keira knightley oh the the follow-up to once right isn't that done by the once people same director yeah Yeah, see it it's good it's really good it's keira knightley is a hesitant sort of artist and you don't know why and they kind of explain uh, a lot of people from that fucking music show. Uh, yeah, yeah. CeeLo. Yeah, voice CeeLo's in it. Fucking Adam Levine. Uh, it's solid, though. It's a it's a really good movie. I think it's worth seeing. Um, it's about, oh, the record executive kind of loses his passion. Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo, he gets fired. Most deaf's in it. Uh, he's his That'll partner. cause you to lose your passion he, a lot of times. Is he as most deaf or is he as his full name? Uh, oh, most Yassine. definitely. <laughs> Because the in the Jennifer Aniston movie he was just in it, it's like he uses his proper name. Yasin or... Bey. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, no, he actually uses most. De- I think they use most deaf in this. They use Sir most definitely. And he actually isn't talking like. 
He's not doing it the whole movie, which is pretty cool. We know who our next uh, guest uh, guest right. uh, on the show is. <laughs> if we could get a conversation between Keith David yeah. and Mr. Most Definitely, yeah. you know. That would, Ronald, that would be amazing. That would just be 10 minutes of you <laughs> making noises into a microphone. Are you ready? I would do that. Joined by your Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Startup. I saw that foreign film yeah. about uh, a young guy that went to jail that's like an animal in jail. And he meets his match, which is his father. His father's in the same jail. This guy's like war ready. Like he mm-hmm. like sets up a shank as soon as he gets into jail. You can tell this guy has like a history of violence. Violence. The hesitation. You wanted to say it, but you're like, like should I say this? Violence. Okay, very good movie. Seriously, very violent. If you want to see violence, it's like that Euro, like things don't resolve themselves the way you want them to mm-hmm. necessarily. Very good. Um, Sin City, meh. What the fuck was that? We Did waited too long. Nope. No. Waited too long. The action felt very muted and and not and and not inspired. Uh, no good deed, Idris Elba. And so let me ask you: Was there a massive twist at the end of that film? And yes. Was it good? Not Actually, the movie, but the twist. The pretty good. Cause you you heard? Did you hear what happened with that movie? No. In terms of the screenings for it? No. They had screenings oh, they nationally for it, and last week, and they canceled them like the morning of. And, it did. Uh, it did really well in the theaters because, like, I mean, considering it was like a shitty movie. I mean, just but but by that I mean like, you see it and you're like, this is gonna be not so. Yeah, good. it doesn't look like. It, but you don't see it and go, man, Idris Elba finally getting the sort of right. Role that you but it is. But it is a solid film for what it does. Like it's it's. I'd watch it with some friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's solid. The the twist was really cool. I mean, I kind of predicted some of it, but the twist at the end, I couldn't have. I don't think that... That was their reason for canceling everything. Yeah. Was they the didn't want to was... give away the twist. Ah, that's I put it like this. I saw it in a, in a theater full of black people in the Charles Theater. Did not know that a lot of black people went to the Charles Theater. <laughs> I had never been in a theater with another black person in the Charles Theater. <laughs> there was a gasp. At the 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 twist, it's like, really? oh, really? oh, that sort of gasp, um, really cool. But the last movie I wanted to talk about that I saw, I feel like I'm talking my ass off, was Love Is Strange. I gotta see that. God damn it, um, John Lithgow and what's the other guy's name? Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. I mumbled Alfred Molina. Yeah. It's a I think story. they raced one another. Yeah, we both knew we were about to hit A movie about a, a couple that decides to get married, uh, a gay couple that decides to get married, and because they decide to get married, that news gets around, and uh, the breadwinner of the couple uh, gets let go. He works for a Catholic uh, school, and it's basically about their lives after it happens. And what, what happens is because they're older mm-hmm. and... They can't just move into another place because they basically paid off the apartment that they had. It was like a condo, basically. They have to move in with family. And one has to move in with one person and one has to move in with another. And it's about their uh, relationship after that and just how love conquers all. Mm -hmm. And it still is, it's real, though. It doesn't feel fake. The relationships are very real. Um, they feel like they flawed people that that love the shit out of each other. They've mm-hmm. been together for like 30, 40 years, and it was just recently that they decided to get married. Um, seeing the the family sort of interact with them is is 
pretty amazing. But them as a couple, seeing John Lithgow be John Lithgow is always... I mean, he's different. Don't don't get me wrong. Just yeah. seeing him at his method is, mm-hmm. is always very, very fun to watch. So, Love is Strange. I'm pretty sure I've seen more movies, but those are the ones that I can... I went on a watching spree. I don't know what... Sounds it, like it. Yeah. Well, I know we're all looking forward to some movies that are coming out this fall. 